Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's Safety and Health webcast, Leveraging Mass Notification to Safely Reopen Your Organization, sponsored by SingleWire Software. This is Alan Ferguson, an associate editor at Safety and Health Magazine. I will moderate today's presentation. First, we'd like to thank you all for joining us, and on behalf of the National Safety Council, whose employees are currently working away from the office, we hope that you, your loved ones, and all the people in your lives are remaining safe and healthy wherever they are. We'll start the presentation in a couple minutes, but first, there are some housekeeping items. As a disclaimer, the views of today's speaker and organization are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the National Safety Council or Safety and Health Magazine. Any mention of a commercial enterprise, product, or publication does not mean the Council of the Magazine endorses those items. After today's presentation, we'll conduct a question and answer session with our speaker. To ask a question, click the Q&A button at the bottom of the screen, type your question, and click the Send button. Please feel free to ask your question at any time during this presentation. You do not have to wait for the Q&A to begin. We'll try to answer as many questions as possible. We might not get to every question. The good news is that any unanswered questions will be forwarded to today's sponsor. And after this presentation, you'll be asked to complete a brief evaluation survey, and I'll let you know more about that a little later. This webcast will be archived, so you can access it after today's live event. To view this webcast and all of our past webcasts, go to safetyandhealthmagazine.com events, or you may also receive a link in a post-event email. With that, let's introduce our speaker. With us today is Pat Sheckle, Executive Vice President of Product Management and Marketing at SingleWire Software. Pat has more than 15 years of experience helping organizations across a wide range of industries navigate challenges and implement tools that enhance safety and communication, and he has worked with SingleWire for 10 years. Again, we thank you all for tuning in to this presentation. Pat, whenever you're ready, go ahead and take it away. Thank you, Alan. This is what we plan on covering today. We're going to talk about how mass notification is, is trending uh, across a variety of industries, in particularly light of this uh, pandemic that we're all living through. Uh, we're going to show you real examples of what is being sent today by our own customers to their end users. We're going to talk a little bit about how we see the future notification landscape evolving. And we're going to talk about how SingleWire fits into all of this. So first, just a little bit of background on SingleWire software. We're based in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, we have about 110 people working uh, at SingleWire. We are the makers of Informacast, and there are different service levels of Informacast. We'll talk a little bit about that later, um, but it is our flagship product, and most people, many people, think of us as just being Informacast and uh, don't even think of the, the company uh, called SingleWire behind it. We have about 7,000 customers in 50 countries, uh, and again, across a wide variety of industries. Uh, we do a little more in, in education and healthcare than we do in some other industries, but we are strong in, in a whole variety, manufacturing, uh, finance, et cetera. So just a little bit about what we do. We are a mass notification platform. So we send from anything you see on the left to anything that you see on the right. So there are a variety of ways to trigger a message, both manual, as you would expect, you know, from a web console, the administrative console, by hitting a button on a phone, whether that's a traditional desk phone or on a mobile app that runs on iOS or Android. And then there's a variety of other ways and automated ways to trigger messages, such as tying directly into the National Weather Service, detecting when a call is placed to 911 or another number, 
uh, tying into purpose-built sensors such as earthquake, gunshot detection, chemical sensors, and so forth. And then there are a whole variety of ways to trigger inbound uh, from other systems. And you see those, those different methods there across the very lower left, you know, into our API, using the common alerting protocol, using um, contact closures, which is machine to machine and so forth. And then a big piece of our differentiation is on the right, this fact that we can send not only to mobile devices, which all mass notification platforms do, but also send to on-premises devices. And the reason that that matters is for more effective notifications, meaning better speed, uh, farther reach, getting closer to 100% of your desired population, and more intrusiveness. Because typically when you're sending to mobile devices, that's gonna be in the form of text. Whereas with the on-premises devices, we can not only do text, but we can also do audio. And to those end devices that support it, we can send uh, images as well. And then tying into the collaboration platforms that you're already using from Microsoft, Cisco, and, and so forth. So this is just a really a, a brief primer on, on what we're doing. We're sending text, audio, and images from anything on the left to anything on the right. So just to level set what we're experiencing today, issues that are facing us all, you know, we're, we're in the middle of this pandemic and it's ebbing and flowing and it's certainly very different depending on where you are uh, geographically. Um, and, and your own experience, of course, is going to be colored by what sort of industry you're in and, and how that's affecting the degree to which you're open for business, etc. But one, there are a few commonalities that we're seeing and that's that you may have workers that are falling sick, right? So you have a site that may be fully operational one day, you get the notice of a positive COVID test, you have to shut down for a deep clean and for testing and isolation, and then you reopen. And so how do you communicate with people while that is going on? It's very disruptive. We also see that workers are working unusual hours in unusual places. And I'm sure you all have your own anecdotes of this. Here at SingleWire, we've seen this affect us. We have you know, two working parents, both of which used to go into an office and the kids used to go to school or childcare. And now they're having to both work from home. They have no childcare. Um, so this has been all sorts of disruption and getting in touch with people when they're on unusual schedules and so forth is a bit of a challenge as well. Um, we have one uh, UX designer who is working from 1 p.m. till 9 p.m. when he used to work eight to five. Uh, and that's just because they needed to shift so that one person can take care of the children while the other one works. We're also seeing revenues and budgets impacted. And this is of course, very unique to, to your particular organization. We know that on the state and local side, because of the lack of tourism, you know, there are, you know, the room taxes are down, the sales taxes are down, uh, all sorts of, of things are, are impacted. And so you're seeing, whether it's uh, school districts or municipalities, you're seeing uh, revenues uh, and budgets impacted. Uh, in the private sector, we see it as well, where even for those businesses that are relatively healthy, there is a hesitancy to, to spend capital um, because of the, that uncertainty and not knowing what the future holds and, and the, the understandable reaction to want to preserve cash. Now, one of the things that we do is we use all those existing communication platforms you already have. So, you know, we, we try to we try to weave ourselves into that conversation by saying, you know, leverage what you already have so you don't have to make a big capital outlay. And then we're seeing that mobile notifications are more important and that that includes 
two-way communications, getting a response or a message confirmation back from people using whatever communication channel they're, they're using. And for us, again, that's a bit of a shift because we do the on-premises notification and mobile. We, we fully recognize that right now the mobile piece is more important um, because the on-premises piece has been degraded given that there just aren't as many people in the offices that there, there were before. But one of our important takeaways is that that's not always going to be the case. It may be the case for months or maybe even another year, depending on the development of a vaccine and so forth. But regardless, you know, if you're buying a system today or implementing a system for mass notification today, you're looking at a longer time horizon than a year. You want to make sure that what you purchase gives you some degree of future proofing and that you can reach all the devices you want to reach today, tomorrow, three or five years down the road. So one of the things that, that we're looking at is how do you improve worker communications in this type of an environment? First of all, is reaching those remote workers, sharing critical updates. Um, the grocery store two blocks from my house had a positive COVID result and they had to shut down for two days. Well, you know, that, those things aren't scheduled. So how do you get in touch with those workers to let them know, don't come to work in the morning and go get tested um, and, and to expedite that and not rely on a channel like email. So checking in on employee well-being, we'll see some more examples of this, again, taken directly from the database of our customers sending out to their end users. You want to make sure you protect your assets, your empty buildings, so your monitoring facilities, tying into video surveillance systems and so forth. You want to prepare for reopening, so reminding people of what your health policy is, which may be changing. Um, you know, one of the things that we've seen is that Things like masking policies vary by, certainly by state and even by municipality or by county. And so, you know, keeping people abreast of what's required when they come to work, um, if they come to work. And then the, the typical use cases that were paramount pre-pandemic, severe weather warnings, workplace violence, et cetera, knowing that you still want to be able to handle those in the future in the most uh, effective way possible. So just continuing on, what we're seeing is that, you know, business continuity risk is real. Um, conditions change rapidly. I mean, this is, this is really played out. This, this slide we put together at the start of the pandemic, but it's proved prescient in the sense that you know, we saw the big surge. We saw what happened in, uh, in particular in New York. Uh, and then a lot of places, you know, opened up. Uh, and of course, the, the, the virus continued to spread. And so now we're seeing hotspots in, in different places than we did, you know, four to eight weeks ago. So those conditions change rapidly. And so communicating with people and getting those message confirmations on how they're doing back is really important. So it's gonna be a fits, a series of fits and, and, uh, and starts and stops. You know, this, this particular headline here was taken from the, uh, you know, we, we all learned really early that having people in close proximity to each other is, is a recipe for the virus spreading and, and um, I don't think I had a, as good of an appreciation for the meatpacking industry as, as we all do now, knowing that th this was one of the first uh, cases where this happened. This is a plant in South Dakota, but uh, it, it spread um, in plants uh, all over the country. And just a few other headlines. Um, these were these were snipped maybe a week or two ago, but um, you know, if you open the news on, on any platform, 
over the past month or so, you see a lot of things that look like this. And so there's what's happening today and, you know, just digesting that, of course, but there's also, you know, the extrapolation out to the future. Like, what is this going to mean? You know, the big thing people are talking about now, of course, is what does school look like in the fall? Um, and that's important whether or not you have school age kids, because every workforce has people that has school age kids and, uh, you have to look at what does that mean for, uh, for getting workers back. Um, if, the, if the kids aren't in school, um, you know, what can we expect in terms of the productivity of the workforce and so forth? So there's, there's what does it mean for people's health? There's what, what does it mean for productivity? So it's not all doom and gloom. I want to share a, a bit of an uplifting use case. This one went a little bit viral um, back in April, um, right in the height of the pandemic hitting New York City. Um, whenever a COVID patient was released, uh, they wanted to, this hospital wanted to send out over the overhead paging system and out of the speakers of the desk phones, they wanted to play a song. In this case, it was Alicia Keys' Empire State of Mind. Um, very appropriate given that they're in the Empire State. Uh, and they, they already had Informicast, they contacted their account executive and just said, hey, how do we, how do we set this up? We want to just like punch in a, a code, dial a code, or hit a button on a phone and have it play this notification so we can celebrate um, the release of a patient from the COVID unit. Uh, and our account manager, of course, knew how to do this, um, didn't even have to refer him to our technical support team, just said, here's where you go. You set up this message, you attach this audio file and you assign it to this, uh, to a code that can be pressed from a speed dial and here you go. And they did that and it went a little bit viral because as you can see here, they tweeted it at Alicia Keys when they, they did it and she, uh, she of course shared it on uh, to all of her followers. So what else is going on? Like I said, mobile is paramount. A lot of people are at home. Inbuilding notification is a little less important for many industries right now. We also see just explosive youth or explosive growth in the usage of uh, collaboration platforms. Um, here you can see the, the line at the very top is Microsoft Teams. The next one is Zoom. The next one is WebEx. Um, you can see Slack is on there as well. So regardless of what flavor you typically use, uh, there's been a lot of growth um, from the start of the pandemic until now. You know, four, five, eight, nine times as much usage. And so if people are spending all day, every day in these platforms, reaching them in those platforms becomes uh, important as well. Because again, for many of these types of use cases, speed is paramount. So you don't wanna rely on a single channel like text messaging or email. You wanna be able to hit people on multiple uh, platforms and for a lot of different incidents, you want to be able to then transition to the notification via that platform over to the management of the incident in that platform. If that, the, if that is the platform they're used to using all day, every day, they're going to want to be in that platform to manage the situation. So what is being sent today? Um, we're going to go through a number of uh, particular examples, just actual messages that we have pulled from our database. Uh, where customers are sending these exact messages out to uh, their end users. Now we've removed any information that would identify the customer, of course, so you won't see that in here. Um, but otherwise, this is, this is the exact message. So 
This was being sent by a healthcare provider in the, uh, in the southwest of the country. And they sent this out just saying that they wanted everyone, this is all their work, they would send to all their workers every day um, before their shift, asking them to click a, click a link that was included in that message to confirm that they're healthy. And upon first reading, at least for me, I looked at this and I said, well, why would they need to do that? They're healthcare workers. Wouldn't they know this just as a, you know, working in their job? But I think it's, it's a, we're living in a little bit of a different time with, uh, with COVID. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, in the past, if you had something that, you know, if you just felt a little bit under the weather, you might, you might just take Tylenol or ibuprofen and soldier on. Um, but now, of course, it's paramount that if you have something like that, if you have anything going on that you, you don't come to work. Um, and so just really reinforcing that with people and asking for that confirmation that they don't have any symptoms at all is important. Another thing that we're seeing um, across industries really is this idea that if there's a waiting area, um, that that gets one that of course you social distance and mask in those areas, but, but also that you clean it regularly. And, and so you see these, these heightened cleaning protocols happening and how do you make sure that the staff does that when they're supposed to? And one way is to schedule a, a broadcast, schedule a message that sends them a reminder to, to clean. And this is exactly what one of our customers, more than one of our customers, we, we're seeing them do. Just a reminder to sanitize the waiting area. And then here's a list of some others that we're seeing out there. Um, change in the, uh, the face covering policy. And, and so again, you know, if, Maybe this is due to a county health directive. Maybe it's just due to a company decision. Um, whatever the case may be, things are changing. Uh, and you, you have to make sure that all your people understand what's going on. So sending multiple messages through multiple platforms can be more effective in doing that. The next two there, the COVID-19 discharge. This is another customer uh, just getting creative with the songs that they're playing when someone gets released from their COVID unit. Um, in this case, here comes the sun and uh, Rocky. I was not able to confirm that the Rocky uh, theme was being played by a Philadelphia area, area hospital, but um, maybe others are doing that too. Um, you can see here that someone replied and said that they uh, notified that the building was shut down due to a positive case and then a notification that that building was reopened. And you know, that, I think that's going to be very commonplace, right, uh, as the virus continues to spread and as, as you want to keep your people informed as to exactly what's going on. I mean, it's one thing, of course, to shut down to a, due to a positive case, but then there's the protocol as to what happens when you reopen and you want to get back up and running just as quickly as you can. Um, we had a, a manufacturer that was uh, in the food and beverage industry that was really concerned about how much longer it was taking them to start their shifts because they were separating people into two lines, those that got a fast pass code because they had attested that they had no symptoms and those um, that weren't sure. And before they did that, everyone was in the same line and they're having to ask them a series of questions and so forth. And this was just taking so long. They were losing up to half an hour of productivity at the start of every shift. Um, so you, you just look at, it's something, you know, you normally just wouldn't think about, but you know, as they went through and, and you're trying to get 4,000 people in to start bottling the beverages, you, you encounter uh, delays like that and it just becomes a, a real practical concern as to how do we use notification and communication with people 
prior to their shift in order to move the, the line along much faster than we had previously. Uh, and then I think the last one is interesting. Uh, we have uh, an application that's part of the service that, that runs on Windows or Mac and can pop to the front of all the other windows. Um, and that's something that um, uh, for desktop notification and can also uh, play audio out the speakers. Uh, and that's something that they're using to, again, be very uh, intrusive. Um, it, if on certain settings, you can make it so that it needs to be uh, minimized before you can use any of your other applications again. Um, and so that's something that, you know, if you're really trying to get the word out, it's another method of doing that. So we kind of talked about what we've seen so far. We're going to talk a little bit now about where we see the future going. And we still see mobile uh, and on-premises as being the future, the combination of the two. And, you know, the mobile piece is, you know, I think at least fairly obvious today um, because so many people are remote and because so many people have cell phones that they're carrying with them at all times. But on-premises is, is still going to be very important in the future, maybe a little bit less so now, although we do see as people are coming back, we see the, the heightened need for on-premises notification, you know, the, the desire to get in touch with uh, and let visitors and guests and so forth know about things as they come into the premises. Um, so on-premises will be uh, important now. It'll be more important in the future as well as more and more people go back to working inside of buildings. The thing that you get again with on-premises is you get that intrusive audio and intrusive audio is just, a, it's the best way of really capturing a person's attention uh, in, a, in a very short time frame, uh, and the example there, like, would you send just a text message if there was a fire in a building? You know, of course not, right? We have fire codes, and the way that you get people's attention is via uh, a very uh, loud sound playing. You know, that typical fire alarm sound. Now they're adding voice alarming to that, of course, and in a lot of jurisdictions, as people adapt um, the, the fire code, um, the, the latest iteration of NFPA 72. But regardless, um, it's still audio, right? Whether it's an audio tone being played or someone's voice saying there's a fire, proceed to the exit, it's still audio. And that's important. And yet, if you have a workplace violence situation like an active shooter or something like that, many organizations have no audio response for that. You know, you're just sending a text message and you're hoping to reach maybe on average 80% of your population. So speed matters in those scenarios. Speed, reach, and intrusiveness matter. And the scenarios like a, a button asking for help, a panic button, uh, an active shooter, a severe weather, you know, audio is really important for those on-premises use case scenarios. So today what we're seeing, you know, remote worker notification is the most important one that people are coming to us for. Health advisories, which is a corollary to that remote worker notification uh, is right up there. And then the rest of them that you see listed here, the automated weather active shooter, 911 alerting, the IOT integrations that you see with systems and sensors such as access control systems and so forth. Those are the traditional ones that we've seen all along. And those are still important today, maybe a little bit less so because we're spending less time in our buildings, uh, but those will return in importance as well. So now I'm just gonna take you through a little bit of a journey in terms of what we see in terms of adoption. So Informacast comes in 
three main flavors. We're really going to talk about two today, Informacast Mobile and Informacast Fusion. Informacast Mobile is really just a simplified version. It's really what our most of our competition offers, which is the ability to reach those four things you see on the right. And those are all reaching people on mobile devices. So SMS texting, because that's what every, you know, everyone has access to that, whether you have a smartphone or a traditional um, cell phone, an, an app that runs an iOS or Android, calling those, those phones, and you can call any phone, of course, um, from the cloud, and then sending emails. And so that's, that's what, when people, if you Google mass notification, you look at us or any of our competition, this is what most people offer as table stakes. Right, so that's a good way to start today. You can start with that. If you say, I just need something to get a hold of people. And because we have, we have issues going on with the virus and remote workers, or we, have, um, we had a wave, of course, here recently of people needing to get in touch with their people because of civil unrest. Whatever your immediate use case is, this is a very easy way to get started. And then if you want to then say, well, now on-premises is more important again, then it's just a it's just a, a license key change. We just can um, we can flip you into Informacast Fusion, which gives you not only the ability to reach people on mobile, which is what the Informacast mobile flavor does, but also reach them on premises and also reach them on their collaboration tools. So that's what we mean by future proofing. You start with the ability to reach people on mobile, and then as the in-building use cases return in importance, you can turn that on very easily and you can tie into those other things. Um, and let me just caveat that no customer when they start, uh, when they turn on their Informacast Fusion subscription, um, no, no customer ties into all of these things at once. They're, they're all available. Um, it's not like it's a, a cost issue. There's no extra charge to turn them on. Um, we license by user. But the, um, it's just a matter of, you know, do they want to take the time and do they have the need to tie into all of these different things? Or do, do they even possess all of them, right? You might not have digital signage and now you go and say, we're going to add digital signs, you know, into the waiting areas um, or into the common areas of certain buildings. You know, do we have a way to reach them using our mass notification platform? And, and we do. Um, and for example, can, can we reach our existing analog paging systems? Absolutely, you can turn that on on day one. Oh, well, now we have a couple areas that aren't covered real well. We wanna add in audio notifications and visual notifications, maybe into say a warehouse or into a break room, or we get a lot of requests to reach people outdoors, you know, in, in, um, as you approach a building, the parking lot or in uh, a garden area or, um, an area that is between buildings, a common walkway or something like that, that's outdoors. And that's where, you know, adding in an IP speaker, which just plugs into your network and can visually communicate with people is a great addition. So it's mostly about leveraging what you already have and tying into those existing systems, but it can also be about, you know, addressing unmet needs in terms of communicating both audibly uh, or visually. visually. So when you tie it all together in, uh, in Informacast Fusion, you see the things that we can trigger from on the left again, the things that we can send to on the right. And it's that extension of what you already have, leveraging what you already have, tying into what you already have, and sending text, audio, and image messages to those uh, devices that support, all with the idea of creating more effective notifications. Meaning when I send that notification, 
am I going to reach as close to 100% of my desired population as I can? And can I, how fast can I do that? Can I, and what we often encourage people to do is ask themselves the question during your last emergency or drill, how close to 100% of your population did you reach in one minute or less? And the reason we ask it that way is because a lot of organizations have some sort of, of emergency mass notification system. The level of sophistication and the level of implementation may vary by organization and even by location within the organization. But if you ask the question that way about the effectiveness, so in one minute or less, how many people did I reach? What percentage of my people did I reach? It kind of hits home. I was, I was meeting with a, a customer a while back, back when we could go meet with customers. And we were sitting in the, the break area, break room area, it was uh, um, in an atrium and you know, wide open area and there are people meeting at all, all the different tables and so forth. And they said, yeah, no, we already have something like this. I'm like, okay. And so I asked this question and they said, well, yeah, well actually people who are right sitting where we are right now could not hear the message. And, um, and even though it was a it seemed like a relatively open area, it was still inside a building, but there was a lot of glass. They said no one ever gets text messages sitting where they were. And so what, what we learned just by asking the question a different way is that a lot of people are not uh, using effective mass notification systems. Um, they're not reaching the people the way that they would like, but yet they had an overhead paging system that could reach people there. They had digital signs on poles in this uh, big atrium cafeteria area. So had they tied those systems in, they would have been able to reach the people uh, in that area. And, and for what it's worth, you know, if, if there were to be a workplace violence situation, you would think that would be one of the most vulnerable areas and um, because there are a lot of people congregating there. So just a, a quick tour of what the, the, inner, the web interface looks like. There's a feature in there called Command Center. This is really made for ease of sending. So you select the, the incident that you have, and these are all for the customer's um, customization. So um, we ship with a couple of sample ones um, to get you started, but then you can make them your own. One that I added here just in the last couple of weeks is that Office Open one. So when I click on that, uh, I'm going to be able to tell people that the office is reopened uh, after a, a positive COVID test. And all of these can be customized. Um, we do have a, a coronavirus message pack that has a handful of messages that are particular to um, that issue. We also have, uh, when you're provisioned, you're provisioned with messages that are specific to the particular industry that you're in. So we have a healthcare message pack, we have an education mes message pack, a manufacturing message pack, and so forth. And one thing that I would encourage you to do is, I'm not giving a demonstration today, um, we're just giving you screenshots, but we do have the ability to give you a live demonstration over video and show the software in action, lighting up all those things that you see uh, in that diagram. So I encourage you, if you'd like to see that, we can talk about, of course, your own particular use cases, and we can give you a demonstration of the software in action. Uh, here's another sample uh, of the administrative interface, just showing you um, the statistics in terms of what was sent, how long it took to, to go out by channel, whether that's calling email, push, SMS, or in this case, they have the, the Microsoft Teams integration enabled as well. 
Uh, I mentioned the desktop notification. This is again, a really effective way to get in touch with people because you can have it pop to the front of all of your other windows. Um, we have a lot of customers in healthcare that don't want it to do that um, for fairly obvious reasons. You know, they could be in surgery or something like that and they don't want to obscure the screen. So you can have it scroll as a banner across the bottom or you can have it pop in as a toast uh, from the top right, um, the way a lot of us have our email set up. And it can also play audio out the speakers. So you can not only turn every laptop or desktop computer into an emergency notification speaker, you can also do that to your desk phones as well. For, for many manufacturers of desk phones, um, we can take over the speaker phone and play audio out it. We don't have to call those phones. So you don't have to wait for people to answer. We can just broadcast audio out them. And then I mentioned the collaboration tool integration, whether that's Microsoft Teams or Cisco WebEx Teams, we can tie into those systems and we can pop messages in there as well. We can also, just as on the other communication channels, we can also ask for message confirmation. So are you safe? Do you need help? Um, are, you exhibiting, are you exhibiting symptoms or are you healthy? That sort of thing. This is what we call our ecosystem. And this is all available on our website, of course, at singlewire.com. But what this helps to illustrate are a lot of the different things that we can tie into in terms of, um, in terms of the different categories, you know, the different panic buttons, the speakers, the Internet of Things systems, digital signage, and so forth. So just leveraging what you already have, um, whether that's tying into the physical environment, like with IoT, um, or sending audio and, and, and visual messages in the terms of IP speakers and uh, digital signage. And just a sample of some of the customers that we're serving across various industries. We did put together a dedicated uh, web page on uh, singwire.com and uh, here at coronavirus, uh, mass notification. But if you, if you go to the homepage, if you just go to singware.com, we do have an orange banner right now across the middle of the page. If you click on that, you'll be taken to this page. And this is just a, a collection of the writing that we've done and the resources that we've produced as it relates to dealing with the pandemic. Um, we have a number of thought leaders that we consult with regularly that, that have helped us craft this content. Um, and it ranges from uh, showing what some of our customers have done in the case of that um, the, the COVID-19 use case in healthcare, where we put a little video together illustrating what happened when we worked with the customer on that, um, to different blog posts, um, bringing together different thought leaders and, and really trying to share the, the latest conventional wisdom on how to use mass notification or just how to deal with the pandemic in general. And I'll throw this out here. If you're looking to, uh, to follow us on any of the main platforms, um, these are the three that we're on. Uh, and I encourage you to do that. We do, uh, we do have a very active um, content department where we're putting out not just, again, not just talking about our product, although there is some of that, but a lot of it's about just what are we seeing in, uh, in the market? What are we seeing in the news? And you know, how, do, how do we fit into that? Um, so we're really nearing the end here of the prepared remarks, and we're going to take a, a bit of Q&A. Um, there is, of course, a free trial of our software. So you can go to our website and, and 
uh, click on it there, or you can always send an email to that address there, sales at singlewire.com, and we'll get you set up with either a demonstration where we'll, like I say, we'll do a live demo for you. Um, or uh, if you want to start a free trial of your own, if you want to get your own subscription, uh, a limited time subscription and start up, you can do that um, here as well. So with that, I think we'll, uh, we'll start taking some, some Q and A. Um, yeah, thank you, Pat, um, for this fantastic and extremely insightful presentation. Uh, before we start the Q&A, I want to remind everyone about the evaluation survey we're asking you to complete. Uh, the survey should open in a different screen after this webinar, and just want to remind you that your, important, your input is important because it'll help us improve our future webcasts. So actually, um, for our first question, um, so how do you communicate with temporary employees and or employees who don't have a company email or company cell phone? Yeah, good question. So uh, you know, I think the, the easiest way to do that is, is using self-service. So we, you do have a self-service page. You can give people either a URL to go to, or you give them a phone number. So example, text hashtag alert to this phone number, and then they can be joined to that particular um, distribution list. And there's a, a concept we have called a campaign. So you can make that time limited if you want to. So for example, we have some customers that'll use that for just a day for visitors. Um, you know, you register by texting hashtag alerts to that number and then you're joined for a day. We have others that use it for things like um, limited term, term employees or contractors and that'll run for 30 days. Um, so that campaign is, is however you want to set it up. That's typically how we do that. You know, really just in this case, if you're talking about someone who's um, who you don't have a real strong connection with through a directory uh, or something like that, or through a company email, then using um, using the the cell phone to auto register, self register, self service register is the most effective way to do that. So our next question: uh, Where is the data house that is collected with uh, from employee responses? Yeah, so that's all housed in our cloud. Um, and, you know, we're very serious about the security of that information. Um, only you can access it. And, um, and that, is, that is the only thing that we're going to be pulling from your organizations if you want to tie in your own directory, for example, Active Directory, um, or whatever your source of truth is through our user loader process. Some people's source of truth is PeopleSoft or SAP or, you know, another uh, HR type system where they have uh, information there. Our uh, next question, can you say a little more about how the uh, program interacts with Teams? What would a notification to Teams look like? Maybe uh, text to all open chats or active groups or uh, some other way? Yeah, yeah. So this this really good question. Um, and the answer is it depends on how you want to use it. Um, so if you want it to send all company, you can do that. Um, you can do it. You can use uh, Microsoft groups, Active Directory groups, which are this you know really the same as is uh, in many cases the same as Microsoft Teams groups. Or you can send it into a particular Microsoft Teams channel, uh, and what that's going to do is it's going to pop in a um, a message into that channel. Um, so if, if 
let's say there are 20 of us or 2000 of us, we have a, a chemical manufacturer in France that has 4,500 people that they're, they're all belonging to this particular all, it's an all company or in their case, all company site group. And when they send out a mass notification, all 4,500 people get it. And it's going to be um, an adaptive card that's going to pop up and it's going to tell them what the issue is and it gives them the opportunity to respond from inside of teams and then you can see those notifications coming back in the uh, single wire informicast fusion interface you can also initiate a message from inside of teams so you can type in at informicast and the actual method of integration is what microsoft calls a bot so our cloud is talking to microsoft's cloud and it's using a bot to to tie that together and so when you type in add informacast, you can trigger a message from inside of there. And those same inf uh, command center scenario tiles that we showed earlier pop up as, uh, as options that you can choose from. So let's say severe weather or chemical spill or active shooter, you can choose those and then it will lead you through a series of guided questions, or it could just send a message if you had everything hardwired. But let's say you had a couple questions. So for example, what is the weather issue and what site is it affecting? You can have those be your two questions. You would fill out the answers or choose the drop-down box and then click send. And then it's going to go into all of the channels that you have associated with that particular distribution list of which Microsoft Teams might be one. So that may be one of the ones that it's going to reach people. But if you wanted to take a multi-layered approach, it could not only reach them on Teams, but it could also reach them on SMS and email, on their overhead paging system, even uh, using text-to-speech and so forth. As a reminder, before we get to our next, oh, as a reminder, before we get to our next question, um, the if you want to ask a question, please click the uh, Q and A button at the bottom of the screen and type your question and click the send button, and we'll get right to it. Uh, so. Our next question, um, what are some common mistakes organizations make when implementing a mass notification system? Yeah, I think there, there are a few. I think one is, um, one that we see is, is trying to do too much too soon. Um, and that's just, you know, I talked about earlier, we try to coach people to do is walk before you run. So identify your three or four most common use cases and work to address those. And we try to help you through that by providing a discovery workbook that really identifies what is the, what is the scenario. So for, for example, severe weather. How is it triggered? Because it could be manual, it could be automated. Uh, who is authorized, if it is manual, who is authorized to send it? Then what content is being sent? Where is it going? And what happens after that in terms of what actions do you want people to take and how do you want your incident management team to respond to that? Do you want them collaborating inside of their Cisco or Microsoft tools, for example? Or do you want them on a traditional conference call, an audio call? So we have that. We ask people to walk themselves through that scenario planning, do that tabletop exercise uh, from an incident management perspective. And if they do that for the handful of scenarios first, before they you know, try to boil the ocean, so to speak, then they'll be a lot better off. So that's one thing. The other thing that we see is that, and this probably the most common mistake that we see is that you don't have adequate representation. So some department, 
uh, has the, the responsibility for getting uh, mass notification deployed, but they don't do a real good job of socializing it um, with the rest of the organization, or at least with the affected parts of the organization. So let's say IT runs with it, and then HR says, well, wait, we, we are trying to get a hold of people you know, using this other method. Now you want us to use this. And so just that socialization, that communication is, is really important. Um, because if the people using, who are going to be using the system every day don't have adequate input on the front end, um, then you know, the likelihood of that system being successful later is, is, going to be, uh, is going to be compromised. And that's not unique, of course, to mass notification. If you've been in uh, IT, that's the, you know, that's the story of just about every application that gets uh, put out there. But that I think in mass notification, because of the ease of signing up for these systems, you know, most of them, including ours, are primarily cloud-based. So you don't necessarily need IT involvement. Um, and so someone who's responsible for safety, could be HR, could be facilities, could be risk management, they'll go and sign up for something. They won't even tell IT about it. IT already has a system or vice versa. And then you, you run into a bit of a dead end there um, where you have competing fiefdoms. Um, that's probably a little more common, particularly in you know, medium to larger type organizations. So our next question, why is it important for organizations to be able to reach their people on mobile and on-premises devices with uh, mass notifications? Yeah, so the, the, the reason it's important to reach people on both is because if you're only relying on one or the other, you're going you're gonna to either not reach people fast enough or you're not gonna reach nearly 100% of your desired population. And we've seen this play out time and again. Um, and there's been a lot of uh, research that's been done on this, uh, published in the Journal of Homeland Security. And it shows that if you're only reaching people on mobile devices, you're gonna get about 80% of your desired population because you have people that, um, that have notification overloads, they're not, a, they're not paying attention to incoming text messages. You have people that have phones turned off in a bag, briefcase, in a poor cell coverage area. You have people to which you owe a duty of care and you don't even have their cell phone numbers. Um, so that could be you know, visitors, contractors, guests. Again, assuming that we're in a normal um, phase and not, in, in not everybody working from home, um, that's an issue. And so the, the, the need exists to reach people on both mobile and on-premises to increase the speed, the reach, and the effectiveness of the notification. Um, and we see this play out in, in real world scenarios. Um, we had a customer in, in uh, LA, a, a higher education customer where there was a, a shooting in the community where there was a person who was mentally unstable, it, uh, killed some family members, set the house on fire and then drove to the edge of the college campus and then ran into the campus library with the weapon. Um, and the people in the library really had no way of, of notifying the people in the library, right? So campus safety is responsible for sending out notifications and so forth. So some of the, some of the reason you want on-premises on notification capability pushed farther out into the users is so that you can get that message out there more quickly. After they had this incident, they realized that having to call in to 911 and then get that message to campus security, have them verify the threat, and then have them send out, log into their system and send out a message 
that whole process takes minutes and a lot of situations are over in a matter of minutes. So giving the people that were in the library the ability to hit a button on a desk phone and trigger a lockdown at least of the immediate area while also notifying campus security became their new protocol. And understandably so, it was just a matter of how do you give people the best chance of mitigating. You're not gonna necessarily prevent a scenario like that, but how do you mitigate the potential damage? And you do that by notifying people, giving them a few extra seconds, or in this case, minutes of notice to deal with a situation. So our next question, what do you see as the biggest challenge for organizations sharing um, emergency communications in the midst of the uh, pandemic? I think the biggest thing that we're that we're seeing is is that if if they don't have anything already, it's just getting started. Um, and not that getting started is necessarily very difficult, but there there's a certain sense of inertia. If you haven't done anything already, well, now what do I do? Um, and this goes back to my statement earlier about how it is relatively easy to get started with cloud-based systems these days. Um, and just like we've seen this in the consumer world, whether you're signing up for Netflix or, or buying something on Amazon, um, it's not quite that easy, but it's getting there to, to do a trial of a, of a mass notification system and then turn that trial into a production system. Um, get, a, get your users in there, get some sample messages set up, send out a, a message to all of your people verify that it's correct, and then move on to your next scenarios, right? So that is, um, that is easier than ever, but I think there's still this perception that, oh, this is another system that we have to implement and manage, and there's a hesitation to, to do that. All right, thank you, everyone. Um, this ends today's Safety and Health Magazine webcast. I'd like to thank Pat Sheckel, our sponsor, Single Wire Software, and of course, everyone who joined us today. Take care and uh, be safe.